Now that we have Halloween and Thanksgiving out of the way, we're going to talk about some really scary stuff. Uh, taxes. This is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley from Paladin Financial. Basically, the more accounts you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. So taking control of your assets may help you to avoid some of those common mistakes that investors make. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Foley with Paladin Financial. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Paladin Financial Talk. We've got a great show today. We have not only our remote host, Mr. Tony Shore. Hello, Tony. Hey, Jeff. Great to be here again. You're just saying that. And we also have a special guest with us here today, Mr. Nick Stovall, who is a uh, CPA. And Nick and I have known each other for, uh, I don't know how many years, a number of years now. So, uh, Nick, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes. So, uh, Nick specializes in a lot of different tax areas, but working with individuals and businesses on tax filing. And he's uh, unique as well in the fact that as a CPA, he also has a lot of knowledge in the financial services area because he's also uh, an insurance agent and an investment advisor and all that fun stuff as well. So that's a, a unique uh, mixture. So we're excited to have you on the phone, the show with us here today, Nick. And yeah, we're going to talk about taxes a little bit. We have, uh, it's now what, just mid-December. So end of the year is sneaking up on us and there's some opportunities and some things to be aware of as it relates to the tax front. And uh, we'll spend some time chatting about that. But uh, yeah, welcome, gentlemen. For thank you for joining us. Yeah, great to be here. And I'm glad we have Nick on the show today, Jeff. Because uh, I don't know, Jeff, if you know this, but uh, Nick and I have worked together. I actually did the uh, voiceover for the audiobook version of the book he wrote. So okay, there, there I did you not have know it. that. Yeah, huh? There you have it. That's cool. Oh, That's cool. Life. Yeah, that was back when we put audiobooks on CDs. So it's, now I'm dating myself, right? Wow. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Nick, uh, I've got to ask you. You know, we we talk from time to time, working with clients, and you know what's going on in the the tax world. What's going on with our friends down at the IRS? How are they faring nowadays? Ah, uh, it's it's uh, terrible. Uh, acronyms I could use, but they wouldn't be appropriate. Uh, the IRS <laughs> is confused. To say, to, to, to put it mildly, the IRS really doesn't have any clue what's going on. Um, you know, they they put the new legislation in place saying they're going to hire, you know, what seventy six thousand or something more uh, agents. You know, with the idea that they're going to audit every American. I curious to see if that ever comes to fruition and when but uh yeah they are they are pretty confused if you need anything from the irs you're going to be waiting a long time because if you've tried to call the irs in the past year year and a half all you ever get is we're too busy to take your call right now please try again later and if you mail anything to them it takes them at least six months before it's addressed i mean they're still processing tax returns 
paper ones from 2020. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So the 2021 <laughs> returns, if, if they were mailed in, it's going to take forever because they, they key everything by hand. So that's our tax dollars at work, working on our tax dollars. Yikes. What a little behind there. Hmm. Yeah. So that's encouraging. <laughs> no. Uh, so with that, I, and I remember you mentioned, uh, I think it was a year ago or so, we were talking to a mutual client. You were helping them out on an IRS issue. And <clears throat> I think you had shared with me, one of the people you had spoken to at the IRS said, hey, I'm sorry we haven't gotten back to you. I'm literally looking out in the parking lot and their trailer truck uh, loads of tax returns from the year before that we haven't even opened yet. So it's just uh, quite an interesting deal. But um, yeah, so with that, what are what do we know right now? What are some things that have either changed recently or we know are going to be changing in the near future as it relates to tax laws that people should be aware of? I mean, there's always something going on, but is there anything um, big coming down or recently passed that people should be aware of? Yeah, so, you know, there hasn't been anything recently passed of, you know, a big nature, right? There's always little things being passed that most people, doesn't affect most people. I mean, very few people. Um, one of the things that, that did get passed in the new Inflation Act was the, you know, the green credits. So the uh, credits you can get for installing solar or geothermal were extended and the deduction was increased back up to 30%. So that's huge. Um, in today's environment, if you're looking for some tax savings, I usually point people to that direction because credits are about all we get anymore. You know, when you look at the itemized deduction, with the standard deduction, most people aren't itemizing these days. Um, state of Minnesota finally uh, took up the federal position when it comes to itemized deductions, so they're not different when itemizing versus standard. And uh, that's kind of too bad because we had opportunity there, but, you know, that's that's about all we get is those credits. Um, you know, when we, when we look at that, when we talk about itemized deductions, right, in the, in the larger standard deduction, we know that that's going to be expiring at the end of 2025. So when the, the Trump tax cuts expire at the end of 2025, tax rates are going to go back to where they were in 2017. And we're going to go back to itemizing. We're going to see, most likely, the AMT come back into play for a lot of people. And it'll be higher taxes for everybody. Now that they could extend it, and several people have proposed extending those tax cuts, but if you look at the spending that's occurred in the past three years now, it's impossible for them not to raise taxes. I just, the other day I was looking, it was what, 560 billion roughly was being paid just for interest on the debt that the U.S. has taken on. Mm. Now, when you think about Yikes. that, 560 billion of a $1.7 trillion uh, budget, that's a third of our money just goes to pay interest. Wow. Um, <clears throat> that's not they, good financial they, they planning. got to come up with money. <laughs> Say that again, Tony. I said that's not good financial planning right there. <laughs> that's true. 
Yeah, that's our that's government scary. needs a financial planner. <laughs> I could help, you know, I'll, I'll volunteer. <laughs> you, and Nick, yeah. you guys should get in there and help, help out. Oh, wait a minute. That's called being a politician. I think, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can go in with handcuffs and uh, warrants. Yeah. So there, who knows what will happen in the end, but right now the easiest path is just to let that revert back to previous tax rates and, uh, it could possibly be something different, but that's the path of least resistance. Is that a fair statement? Oh yeah, that's a fair statement. I okay. I would count on that happening. Okay, good. All right. Um, so the theme with that is taxes are going up over time, and one of the things that we collectively work with people on is helping to take advantage of the tax laws that we have today as much as possible in order to not just reduce this year's tax bill, which is nice, but really long-term, what do we need to do? And uh, there are some opportunities that come about with that. So no one feels like they're getting away on the cheap with taxes, but if we fast forward to 2026, it's likely we'll all be feeling that. Uh, so that's a big one. Uh, what about um, Minnesota and taxing or not taxing Social Security income? They've they've gone back and forth on that. Where where do things stand with that now? That's a question we get from folks from time to time. Still a question. Um, you know, there's proposals to you know take that off uh, to to make it non-taxable, but the economy is is so unknown that nobody really wants to jump on that just yet. Um, do I think they will do it? Uh, I have a feeling they may in the future, but the question is when, and I wouldn't count on it anytime soon. Yep. Okay. Well, I think there, I don't know, last I looked, maybe nine states that don't tax social security. Does that sound about right? That sounds about right. And yep. in, they're in various factors, right? So. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it can be a real challenge when you start looking at different states and whether it's taxed and what the rules are. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Um, and with the end of the year coming up, for those that are in the RMD age, required minimum distributions, that's an important deadline coming up. Can you explain briefly for people that are not familiar with RMDs, what those are, why those exist, and why is the end of the year an important date when it comes to those? Yeah, so required minimum distributions. Uh, basically, the government requires people to start taking distributions from their qualified plans, IRAs and 401ks. Um, the, the, the current age is 72. So the year you turn 72, you're required to take a required distribution every year after that. And the reason they want that is because, well, they want to tax your money. So mm -hmm. they require you to start taking it so they can collect tax off of the money you've been deferring your whole life. So mm -hmm. at 72, you have to start doing that. Um, there's really no exceptions unless there are to certain accounts, right? If you have a 401k and you're still working, you don't have to take an RMD. Uh, but if you have an IRA and you turn 72, you have to start taking RMDs. So something to keep in mind, and you have to take it, well, with one exception, you have to take your required distribution for the year by December 31st. If you don't take that distribution, then you're subject to a 50% penalty on the amount you should have taken. It's one of the heaviest penalties that they hand out. 
So you want to make sure you're getting that R&D out on time. That said, if you turn 72 this year, you are not required to take that RMD by December 31st and face penalty. You actually have until April 1st before you have to take that RMD. But if you delay till the following year up till April 1st, the year you turn 73, you'll have to take two RMDs that year, which you know, that comes into some significant planning is, do I really want to take two in one year and go into a different tax bracket or is it one of those that won't matter? Maybe I wait because still work and whatever the case may be, you have to do a little planning when it comes to your income recognition. Uh, so two RMDs might not necessarily be a good thing. And as Tony likes to say, 72 is the new 70 and a half. So <laughs> you, you used to be, you like to say that, right? Uh, I may have said it once. That's, What's that? I may have said it once, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Congress, uh, this goes back to the end of 2019, they passed the SECURE Act, they squeaked it in, I think the last two days of the, the year when no one was paying attention to anything, and one of the uh, implications of that was pushing that out to 72. So that's a big one, and that's something we help clients a lot with, is making sure those are taken care of at the end of the year. So we've been measuring twice and cutting once to make sure those are taken care of you. You don't want to have that type of penalty occur. So that's a big one. Um, one of the opportunities to reduce taxes as it relates to required minimum distributions is called a QCD. We're going to see how many acronyms we can shove into today's show. Alphabet um, soup. <laughs> so we all got to pull the oars here. So Nick, can you explain what a QCD is and why might someone want to utilize that? Yeah, a QCD, a qualified charitable distribution. Um, so the nice thing about those is if you're required to take an RMD, you can actually have that RMD paid directly to a qualified charity. Um, and then the income would not show up on your return which is nice because it doesn't increase your adjusted gross income, doesn't affect your gross income. So all the measurements you're looking at, you know, if you're looking at Medicare premiums and, uh, you know, taxation of social security, that income doesn't count towards those measurements. So if you're a charitable person and you're going to give to a charity anyway, it, it would be better to do a QCD and have it paid directly to the charity and not give you know other funds out of your checking savings or whatever, because yes, you get a deduction potentially for charitable gifting if you're itemizing these days, but also keep in mind that you have to put the income on the front side from your IRA, your RMD distribution, um, to get to the deduction through itemization. So for a lot of people today, like I said, they're not itemizing. So the charitable deduction doesn't really come into play too much. So it's been more valuable since they they, they put the, the Trump tax cuts in place to do the, the, the QCDs. Mm -hmm. And you can do up to 100000 a year. Um, and I know that's a large sum, which most people think, yeah, whatever, 100000 in charity. But that is the limit. You can do that up to 100000 a year under the QCD regulations. So, And when you do that, it, it satisfies the RMD. 
Uh, one of the weird things with QCDs is we just talked about the new RMD age is 70 and a half, but people can actually start that at age, excuse me, yeah, new RMD age is 72, but you can start your QCDs as early as 70 and a half, which is on. So that's, that's the IRS yep. at work. <laughs> that's, that's the IRS at work, you know, dot the IRS crossing the T's. Yeah, let's raise the, uh, the RMD age, but let's forget about changing the age on the QCDs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the switching gears a little bit, but, um, Roth money, we work a lot with folks to help them minimize taxes again, long-term, uh, part of one of the strategies that's utilized is converting money from pre-tax to Roth. So converting from IRA to Roth IRA. Um, one of the questions that comes up occasionally is if someone did do that, they got the taxes out of the way. Now they move it into the Roth, they meet the five-year rule, which we'll talk about. And that growth should come out income tax free. But one of the lurking fears is that the government might undo that promised income tax free Roth benefit. Is that something that they could do? They can't do any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, Technically, they can do whatever they want once they sign it into law, right? You know, it, you know and then it can be challenged as unconstitutional. <laughs> so it's it's one of those you have the law has been what it has been for years, and and they do state you cannot retroactively change the laws that were in place. So for them to come back and say, well, you can't take that out tax free anymore, um, they they really can't do that. Can they change the way it works, right? Can they say, okay? We understand what you've got in there right now, so you can get that out tax-free, but any earnings moving forward will be taxed. They could put that in place. Mm-hmm. Um, would they? I, I don't think they're going to touch Roth IRAs. I mean, if they were going to do anything, they'd take them away. You know, yeah. it's, it's just, it would be such a battle and political suicide for most people to try and change the way the Roth IRA works. It would be, I mean, what would the benefit be to a Roth IRA then if the earnings were going to be taxable? There would mm-hmm. be no benefit. Yep. So it's it's either leave it as is or get rid of them. Okay. Yeah. So it's the government, anything could happen, but very un- unlikely. Um, and I mentioned there the five-year rule as it relates to Roth IRAs. Can you explain that a little bit? Or Tony, if you want to take this one. <laughs> <laughs> I I was told there would be no math. Number one, number one, uh, number number two. Uh, when you said taxes, I'm like, get Stovall in here so I don't have to say anything. Right? Are you uh, filing your nails We're in the middle of a show? <laughs> you guys, please do not interrupt my m- game of Minesweeper again during this episode. Um, no, Make sure you I eat a couple chips. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Roth, uh, Roth IRAs, we've talked about the tax free bucket and the tax deferred bucket. Uh, and uh, the goal here for both Jeff, you and Nick is to help people minimize their tax burden, whether it's looking back at the past year for this year's taxes or whether it's looking ahead to retirement, right? That's right. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Nick, I, I think uh, Roth IRAs are, are important. What was your question again, Jeff, for Nick? The uh, five-year rule as it relates to Roth money. Yeah, so five-year rule. Well, there's a couple of five-year rules that come into place. Um, 
So the initial five-year rule is, you know, you, you can't do anything with your money without, you know, the, the earnings being taxed and and or well, and penalized, possibly penalized. Um, from the time you put the money in till five years after you first put money into a Roth IRA. So, and it doesn't have to be the same Roth IRA. It could have been any Roth IRA. So if you had a Roth IRA 20 years ago and you closed it, you already started the five-year clock on your Roth IRA. So, so even if you had no Roth IRA open for five, 10 years, but you satisfied that five years previously? Yep. You've got your five years in because you opened it 20 years ago and then closed it and then now you have a new one. So your five-year rule kind of goes out the window. You've already satisfied that, um, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But you can't, what you can't do is, is take your money out. You know, if you haven't met it, you can't take the earnings out uh, within that five years or the earnings will be taxed. So you got to meet that first five-year rule. The other five-year rule that comes into play, which is a little more significant, is every time you do a conversion, the converted amount has its own five-year rule. And, you you know, under the previous five-year rule, if you took your money out and you hadn't made the five years and they taxed the earnings, it'd be subject to penalty if you were under 59 and a half. If you were over 59 and a half, it wouldn't be subject to penalty. It'd just be taxed. But with a Roth conversion, you have a different set of rules where you can't take the money out for five years after the conversion, regardless of age. So mm-hmm. w- when you convert it, it has to sit there for five years that, you know, or the earnings are gonna be taxed and or subject, and even the converted amount can be subject to penalty. So every conversion has its own five-year period. So if you do one in right now, if you did a Roth conversion right now in 2022, the conversion date is actually set to January 1st. So it would be as if you converted on January 1st of 2022. If you do another one on January 2nd, 2023, it sees January 1st, 2023 as the conversion date on those funds. So Mm -hmm. each set of funds has its own five-year rule. And that can be difficult to track if you're doing all the conversions into the same Roth IRA. So, A lot of times, unless you have a very astute advisor or you're very astute yourself, I would recommend that people, when they do Roth conversions, open up a new Roth conversion account or Roth account to convert into to help them keep track of the dates and conversions if they're doing multiple conversions. Mm -hmm. So let's say you converted $5,000 and three years later you wanted to pull out that 5,000, so ignoring growth, what would happen from a tax perspective on the 5,000 you're pulling out? Well, it, it wouldn't be taxed because you already paid the tax on it, but it would be subject to penalty because mm-hmm. you haven't waited five years. Yep. Good. Um, what about contributions? You kind of touched on this, but if you're contributing, let's say $5,000 um, each year, and you contributed, let's say in 2022, how is that 5,000 handled for that 2022 contribution as with respect to the five-year rule? Yeah, so the nice thing, and I, this is a great time of year, and I'm glad you brought that up, because this is a great time of year where I tell clients, 
if you have money sitting in savings, just sitting in, you know, savings account, not really doing anything, who knows, it might be earning, you know, 14% here in another month when the Fed meets again. But if it's sitting in a savings account, not really doing anything, earning anything, and you're eligible to make a Roth contribution, why don't you put that money into a Roth? And I say that because the money you contribute to a Roth can be taken out tax and penalty free at any time. Earnings cannot. That's where the five-year rule comes in on a contribution. If if you haven't met that five years, um, you know, the initial five years that we just talked about. And earnings will be taxed if you're not 59 and a half or older as well. So, but now is a great time because might as well put it in a Roth, put it to work and have tax-free earnings growing versus letting it sit in a savings account and do nothing. And if you need the money, you still have access to that contributed amount. So it's still kind of a savings, if you will, safe kind of, depending on where you put it. I mean, I shouldn't say safe, but everything has risks when you invest it, but mm-hmm. um, it has greater opportunity in a Roth. And does each contribution, that 5,000 example, does each contribution have its own five-year waiting period for the growth to come out? Nope. That's, uh, it kind of takes us back. You know, it's five years from the first time you opened up a Roth account. So contributions don't have any sort of five-year rule. It's only five years from the date you first opened the Roth. Yep. Once you reach that, you, you avoid that five-year rule. And the, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but the, you know, you have conversions and contributions that are occurring each year over time. And then you start to pull money out of your Roth, the custodian, a lot of this is on the taxpayer to record it correctly. And most of the time that might sneak under the radar if it wasn't done correctly. But if you're audited, that could, you've got to go back and be able to prove all that. What are your thoughts on that? That's exactly it. So, um, you know, make sure you're working with a good professional because you as the taxpayer are responsible at the end of the day. Custodians, you know, wherever your money's being held has zero responsibility on any of it. So you can't go back to them and say, why didn't you tell me here? You know, I didn't know because they're not required to tell you. Um, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that there isn't really anybody required to tell you that, but, um, you know, if you're working with good people that know the rules and will help keep track of it with you, then that's going to be your best position. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Very good. Um, we have the end of the year coming up here, looking into 2023. Um, IRS has announced they've made some changes to contribution rates to, you know, different accounts. Um, what in general has occurred there? Yeah, it's, that time of the year where they uh, they change all the limits, you know, inflation adjusted limits for IRA, 401k, simple IRA contribution limits. So, it's, uh, you know, so if you look at your 401ks, the max you could have contributed this year is 20,500. That's going up to 22,500 for 2023. Amazingly, they've also increased. So if you're 50 or older, you can do a catch up contribution. In 2020, that was 6,500. In 2023, it's 7,500. Now they haven't increased the catch-up contribution in a long time, so it's good to see that they've done that for 401ks. That's great. Unfortunately, <laughs> they didn't do that for IRAs. 
IRAs are still catch-up contribution of a thousand, but that went from six thousand to sixty-five hundred. So we got a little bump on IRA contributions. So not increasing the catch-up on IRAs makes zero sense, but that is <laughs> uh, right. important to be aware of. They did increase it on four hundred one ks. So if you're going to do it on four hundred one ks, why not IRAs? It's, yeah. that, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And an important note too, with 401ks, at least traditional 401ks, the money that you're putting into that each year, that has to land within the calendar year that you're making that contribution towards. Whereas with an IRA or Roth IRA, you have up, up until your tax filing deadline to make that contribution. Correct. Um, and then fast forward even further. So we're beyond January. We're through the end of tax season. Nick, how do you crash after tax season? How hard do you crash after tax season? You know, I really wish you, you could, right? Um, <laughs> you get to, you know, April 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, whatever day it lands on these days. And at midnight, you're locking the doors and you're going home and you're thinking, ah, it's done. And then the reality sets in. It's like, oh, I got to be at the office first thing tomorrow because inevitably <laughs> something's going to reject or there's going to be a problem of some sort that's got to be cleaned up and corrected. And they give you a limited amount of time to take care of everything. So typically it ends, you take about a week of cleanup. Then it's, what can I do? <laughs> mm -hmm. I've got people under extension. How, how, uh, how critical are they? Um, but yeah, to, to just unwind, I usually wait and then I go find some water, sit on a boat, throw out a line or just go ride a motorcycle and get some wind therapy. <laughs> there you uh, go. Well, you, you answered my next question is what's your go-to method of tax detox. So, uh, boats and bikes. <laughs> yeah. Boats and bikes. Good. That is it. Um, well, thank you very much for spending some time with Tony and I here today. This has been very helpful and a lot of things for people to consider as they plan not only for this year's tax return, but all the years ahead of us. And uh, we really appreciate that. So again, Nick Stovall with Stovall and Associates, and you're in uh, not too far from us here and you're in Roseville. And how would people get a hold of you, Nick, if they had tax questions, tax preparation, any of that fun stuff? Yeah, the best way would be to just call our main line, 651-621-8211, and schedule an appointment or a phone call. Or you can send an email to info at stovall-associates.com and make the same request. Perfect. So. Very good. Well, thank you for joining us and enjoy the, the last few weeks of the year here. And uh, for those listening, if you have questions for us at Paladin Financial, give us a call. If you'd like to come in for a complimentary second opinion on your retirement plan, we'll dig into taxes and investments and all sorts of fun stuff and help make sure that you have a great 2023 uh, from an investment and planning perspective, taxes being a part of that. You can reach us at 651-842-8406 or send us an email at info at financialpaladin.com. And we look forward to connecting with you. And Tony, thank you as well. Yeah, thanks, guys. Great show today. Thanks, a lot of great tax talk. Uh, good talking to you again, Nick. 
And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Paladin Financial Talk. Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jeff Foley at Paladin Financial. Call 877-219-3199 or visit their website at financialpaladin.com. Advisory services offered through Paladin Wealth LLC, a Minnesota registered investment advisor. Paladin Wealth LLC offers advisory services under the DBA Paladin Financial and Paladin Wealth. Insurance products and services offered through Paladin Insurance LLC. Paladin Wealth LLC and Paladin Insurance LLC are affiliated companies. Jeff Foley and Paladin Financial are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.